What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes over there. Every bit of baseball content, really, you guys can find over at EthosFantasyBB. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter, with all the changes, it's kind of hard to stay on there at this point. Uh, you can go to SportsEthos.com and you'll get all that same content right at the source. Now, I reminded you guys earlier in the week, I'll remind you guys again here because the season is winding down. People are starting to transition into football and basketball and other sports. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already, and please consider leaving us a nice five-star review. It really does help more people see the show. It helps our growth. It's good for you. It's good for me. It makes it easier for you guys, too. Not the, not the rating part. That's more so just to help me. But if you guys subscribe to the podcast, you get them downloaded right into your feed every single day. You don't have to worry about searching for links either on the website or on Twitter or wherever it is you find them. Uh, it makes it very convenient for you, and it also does help us out here. More people are starting to go to football and go to the different sports. Uh, but those of you who stick around and listen to baseball content in the offseason, you guys are the reason I do this. You guys are the dedicated fans of the show, and I want to help you guys out as much as you can help me out uh, at the same time. Scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of thing. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes of the show today. We're looking at weekend streamers. I've highlighted four streamers for each day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday ranging from 5% rostered to 68% rostered. So you're going to find options for your 10s, your 12s, and your 15 team leagues and deeper here. And we're going to start off uh, with a matchup that's actually taking place in a couple of hours. So the early birds listen to the show. Uh, if you haven't already picked this guy up, then you'll have a chance to. If you're listening later on in the day, this is unfortunately a daytime game, so you'll miss out on it. But it's Tariq Skubal. His start was supposed to be on Thursday. He was supposed to start yesterday, uh, but he was pushed back because of the rain. So he is going to be starting the first half of the doubleheader today in Cleveland. Tariq Skubal, he was 44% rostered when I made my notes. He's up to 45% rostered now. He is a bit of an unpredictable force if you look at his last six starts. Really, it's he kind of rotates between allowing runs, not allowing runs. Like, it's literally... The ERA is over his last six starts, 6.75, 0, 7.71, 0, 15.75, 0, 0. So he kind of does you know, fluctuate there between being really good and having a bit of a stinker for you. I do like the matchup against Cleveland, though. Cleveland, offensively, they're a decent contact team, but overall, if you look at their offensive metrics for the season, they're generally like middle of the pack to bottom of the pack kind of team. Not a team that particularly scares me that much. If you look up and down this lineup, it's Jose Ramirez and a bunch of nothing else, really. I mean, you got Tyler Freeman leading off, followed by J-Ram. Loriano, Oscar Gonzalez, Calhoun, Gabriel Arias, Brian Rocchio, uh, Bo Naylor, and Miles Straw. It's a, it's a brutal lineup, and I think that you can take advantage of that today with Tariq Skubal. Decent chance to go out there and give you a chance for a victory. Probably looking at about a strikeout per inning. That's generally what he's able to give you. And you should be able to you know, suppress those runs a little bit. The whip might be slightly higher because he generally does skew a little higher in that regard, especially recently. But against a contact team uh, like Cleveland, they might be able to sneak five, six, seven hits in there. I just don't see them stringing enough hits together uh, consecutively to actually really give themselves any runs. Uh, I, I might be might be wrong there. You never really know. But I think that Tariq Skubal is about as good of a streamer as you're going to find for this weekend. We have seen him really dominate at points this season. The matchup is good, and I definitely like him today against Cleveland. 
Now, this guy is a little bit more on the higher rostered end of things. JP France, he's more of a 10-team target if you're still looking for uh, options for tonight. He's 68% rostered. Should be a lot higher, though, really. He's a borderline top 100 player for the season over the last month. He's been really damn good over his last 31 innings. You're looking at a 144 ERA, a 109 whip. He has won each of his last five starts, and he gets a matchup today against Seattle. Now, Seattle's been pretty good, but you have to take Houston there. They are the team that I believe is favored. I haven't looked at – let me just take a look at the betting line. Uh, but, yeah, Houston is favored at home. Pretty, you know, pretty clear there. Seattle is on a pretty decent run, but I'll still take uh, what J.P. France has given me. Not a lot of strikeouts, but good ratios we've seen all year from him. We've seen the good win potential, especially recently, and I definitely like the matchup here, especially at home. Uh, so J.P. France, probably a 10-team target there. I ex- expect that in your 12s and 15s, he's probably on rosters. But at 68%, you never really know for sure. So take a, take a look there and see. He shouldn't be just a streamer. J.P. France is more of a guy that I'd look at as a rest-of-season option here um, if you can find him still on the waiver wire. 68% on Yahoo. These numbers I'm referencing for Roster percentage are all going to be coming from Yahoo, by the way. Generally the way it works, but if you're somebody who's new here, uh, that is generally how we do it. Next up is Seth Lugo. He's only 37% rostered. Has been not the greatest little stretch, but it mostly does come back to that Dodgers start a couple times out ago where he was just really bad. It was eight runs over three and a third innings. That was the uh, the Monday start for Seth Lugo that happened on the day where the NFBC site went down. And then people had that free look to go back in their lineups and take out Seth Lugo if they were able to. I know that I did in one case. Uh, But that was kind of the bad, the only real bad start we've seen from him recently. And it does weigh down the overall numbers. If you look at the course of the whole season, he's giving you about a strikeout per inning. He's winning not that many games. But against Arizona, a team that has been floundering recently, I would expect San Diego to be the team that comes out on top there. Uh, If you're looking at the betting, they are favored at home here, a minus 165 favorite against the Diamondbacks. So I think there's definitely a good chance there for the victory, especially with Brandon Fott on the other side. Brandon Fott has been awful this season. You know, he's had his moments, uh, but overall, he's not really ready to be a major league pitcher, I don't think. He could be in for a very rude awakening uh, tonight against San Diego. He faced them last time out. He gave up three runs, nine hits, and a couple of walks uh, over a no decision five and two-thirds. Not a bad outing. Actually, one of his better outings of the year. But I don't know that this this young guy and Brandon Fott is going to be able to go through that opposing lineup again. Even though that they've been kind of disappointing, there's a lot of firepower in that lineup that could really take advantage of the rookie. So I would look for Lugo to give you a victory there. Strikeouts aren't going to be crazy. You know, probably looking at about a strikeout per inning. But I do think you're looking at a good win probability probably decent ratios as well. Arizona's been on the downturn for a while. And I think the main thing here is you got a good chance for a victory. If you're streaming in Seth Lugo today, again, 37% rostered should be able to find him in a lot of leagues. The last guy we're going to look at for Friday's games is Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. I don't think he's the most impressive guy. I think a lot of the time he's, he's okay, but he's facing Oakland and that's, you know, you're going to be pretty much streaming in anybody all the time against Oakland. Gibson, there's not really much to dig into in terms of what he does. It's a good matchup because Baltimore is very likely to come away with a victory here. Uh, you know, minus 185 favorites going into Oakland, into a big pitcher's park. So I really think that Kyle Gibson has a chance to you know, suppress those runs. That can sometimes be a problem for him. A 489 ERA, a 133 whip. Not ideal, but the matchup certainly is against Oakland. If you look back over the last month for him as well, there was that bad start last time out against Seattle. Other than that, he's actually been pretty good. 
Uh, the last time he had like a bad, bad start before that was about a month prior against Miami. Uh, you know, he's had some very good starts this season, specifically against those poor opponents. He's also done well against Toronto. He had a six-inning one-run outing against Toronto not too long ago. Uh, wasn't too bad up, uh, against the Mets a couple times ago either. It was seven innings, only a couple runs. Actually, I think it was three runs over seven innings. Got the victory. So there are times when he is able to go against more talented offenses and actually perform. Against a team like Oakland, I think he is not a must-stream necessarily because there are a lot of good streaming options, but he is definitely one of the guys that I am taking a look at. I think he's a 12-team league kind of guy here. And a 10-teamer might be a little too volatile. 15s, he's probably already rostered, but I think in 12-teamers, that's the sweet spot there uh, for Kyle Gibson. So just once more to recap for Friday, Tariq Skubal at Cleveland, JP France versus Seattle, Seth Lugo uh, versus Arizona, and Kyle Gibson at Oakland. Those guys range from 37 to 68% rostered, and they're the guys I'm looking at for today. Now, let's take a look at tomorrow, Saturday, where you guys will for sure have a chance. I know most people probably listen you know, in the few hours after the show gets released, maybe the following day. But even if you listen tomorrow morning, you'll still be able to have a chance to pick up some of these guys. So Brady Singer is the first one we're going to be talking about here at the Chicago Cubs. Now, the Cubs have been pretty good recently, but so have the Royals. Royals have not been too bad. Uh, they've kind of caught fire a little bit, and Brady Singer has certainly caught fire over the last month. We've talked about him a few times on the show here. We actually talked about him uh, when we did our, you know, yesterday, <laughs> when we did our hot players to pick up. He is one of them. Uh, I like Brady Singer a lot. I know the matchup is tough, but he has been cruising recently. He had the one, I mean, not even... It was kind of a while ago, honestly. The start against Cleveland, that was really bad. July the 8th. Every start since then has been really solid. The strikeouts kind of fluctuate in those outings since. We've seen 4, 9, 10, 4, 4, and 8 strikeouts, respectively, in those matchups. You don't really know if you're going to get you know the low end or the high end of the spectrum, but I think the way he has been performing, specifically from his ability to limit base runners recently, he's a .76 whip over the last month, 245 ERA. Now, a win might be kind of tricky just because of the nature of their bullpen sucks. Chicago's actually a pretty decent team overall with a better bullpen. I don't know that they're going to be able to maintain it, assuming he leaves with a lead. But I think that Brady Singer is someone who can give you at least a decent you know, chunk of strikeouts, probably five, uh, you know, with those good ratios. And there's still a potential for a win. I wouldn't be banking on it, but you know, I think that he is clearly the better pitcher in this matchup. Uh, tomorrow, well, actually, sorry, no, I was looking at the wrong day. He's facing Justin Steele. Uh, apologies there. Um, so he's not necessarily the better pitcher. You could even make the argument. I mean, Justin Steele's kind of pitching out of his head this year. I don't know if he's as good as what we've seen. Uh, I, I would still lean Steele in the wrong run, a long run. Forgive me for uh, misspeaking there. But I still do think that Singer can give you a fair chance uh, to win in any matchup, really, especially the way he's pitching right now. Chicago doesn't scare me too, too much. Uh, I would be all right with streaming him in pretty much in any format right now. Christopher Sanchez is the next guy we are going to take a look at. I've been a big fan of Sanchez when they acquired Lorenzen. I was kind of worried that he'd be pushed out of the rotation. He appears to still be in. He had a good start against Minnesota last time out, and he's getting another chance against Washington tomorrow. Washington is not very good. You know, this is what a lot of streaming pitchers comes down to. I know it sounds very basic, but you just look for good matchups. And Christopher Sanchez has both you know, been on a bit of a roll recently. A couple times out ago was a bit of a rockier start. But you're looking at a 339 ERA and a 101 whip for the season, 53 strikeouts and 58 innings. Wins have been hard to come by for Christopher Sanchez. He got one in his last time out. It was his first uh, win that he's gotten this season. I think there's a good chance we see him go for another one here against Washington. Philadelphia, I mean, 
they're they're pretty clearly the superior team here when you're talking about these two squads. Uh, Washington's throwing out Justin Irvin tomorrow. I don't know that there's going to be a good chance that he gets a victory. Philadelphia is a pretty heavy favorite, even on the road. And I think Christopher Sanchez is going to be able to give you kind of a bit of everything. You know, good ratios recently, decent strikeouts, kind of a strikeout per inning kind of guy. And I think there's a good chance you come away with a victory here as well against a pretty piss poor Nationals team. So he's another guy that I'm looking at for tomorrow. Now let's talk about Chase Silseth. Chase Silseth is somebody I added in a couple of different leagues, 15-teamers specifically. There was one league. I, was, I couldn't even get him in my lineup because I actually, the one league, actually I got him in two leagues, and one of them was a league where I have really strong, strong pitching, and I actually couldn't fit him in there. That was a weekly league. But in a daily changes league, like a lot of Yahoo leagues are, he's a must-start player right now. He just went through five shutout against Houston. The time before that, it was two runs against uh over seven innings against Seattle with 12 strikeouts. He's been incredible. And with the way that the Rays have been performing as of late, also no Wander Franco. He's not going to be back. I don't know when he's going to be back as a side note, but it's looking pretty ugly. But that lineup without him also does look kind of ugly, and they are more streamable. You know, who are you really afraid of in that lineup at this point? Is it a Rosarena? I mean, a Rosarena hasn't been that good for a little while now. I know because I've picked him on a couple of teams, and he has been not good. I picked him in a second-half Gladiator team. He's picked it up a little bit over the last week. He's batting 280, but the power, he has one home run over the last month, driven in only seven runs. There hasn't really been a lot of offense there from their main guy. You subtract Wander Franco from that equation as well. And I think Chase Silseth might be my favorite streamer of the weekend. He's still available in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues. He's at 45% right now. The matchup is excellent. The strikeouts have been very good. Everything has looked very, very good for him. Now, let me see who is favorite in this matchup. wouldn't surprise me if it is still Tampa Bay just because of how they've been this year. Slight favorite at minus 130. I uh, got Zach Eflin on the mound. So you might see a you know a tricky uh, matchup there for some of the Angels batters with Zach Eflin on the other side. Might be hard to score runs, but Silseth will give you a chance for a victory. He's going to give you those strikeouts, especially against this the way this Tampa team has been playing recently. They're not they're not that great. I think they've kind of been exposed a little bit with all the pitching injuries, especially now with Franco going down. They've had an okay last week or so against Cleveland and San Francisco. They've won those two series, but overall haven't been good for a little while. I think there's a good chance here uh, to exploit that with Chase Silseth. He should not be available in so many leagues still. Should definitely be pushing well over 50%. Uh, so go take a look and see if he's available in your league still. Let's talk about Cole Irvin. If you guys listened to the show last year, you know I was a huge Cole Irvin guy. There was a time, I think it was July, June, July, August kind of range, where it seemed like every time out Cole Irvin was getting Houston and then Toronto, back-to-back Houston, Toronto, Houston, Toronto, and then there might be like one mixed in against like the Yankees or Seattle or something, and then back to Houston, Toronto. And he was actually really good. He was one of my favorite pitchers to stream last year. Now, he's coming off of a really good outing against Seattle, and he's actually good in relief for a couple innings um, randomly before that over the last couple weeks. But his last time out was five shutout innings against Seattle. Now he goes into his old stomping grounds in Oakland with those big walls, on a little bit of a hot streak right now, and he's somebody that I'm streaming in all kind of formats. Maybe not in your shallow, shallow, like 10-team leagues, 12s and 15s, especially because of how available he is. He's only 5% rostered. He's jumped up from 3 to 5 over the last week, but he's still sitting there in most leagues with an incredible matchup. I don't see the Orioles losing many games in the series. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe they lose one game. 
I doubt that it's that game, though. I, I can't see him going out there and faltering. You know, it's Ken Waldachuk on the other side, who's been a bit better recently, but not a good pitcher on the other side. I would expect that he is going to get kind of rocked around, and it's going to be fairly easy for Cole Irvin to walk to a victory here. Waldachuk is not very good. He's been better as of late, but you're still talking about a guy for the season with an ERA above 6 and a whip above 1.7. A lot of room for value there. If you're a DFS player, I'd look into Orioles players uh, in your lineups tomorrow, and I'd also take a look at Cole Irving as a nice streamer. Maybe even Cole Irving as a very cheap DFS play tomorrow. I could see it. He's not going to cost a lot. Great matchup going against his old team and his old park. I could see a really nice five or six innings coming out of him, probably at close to like a minimum pitcher salary. So I'm not sure what the slate's going to look like, but I do love Cole Irvin uh, from a lot of standpoints for tomorrow. So to recap Saturday, Brady Singer against Chicago in Chicago. I should say, uh, at Wrigley against the uh, – Jesus, can't get my words out. Let's start that one over again. Brady Singer against the Cubs at Wrigley. Christopher Sanchez at Washington. Chase Silseth versus Tampa at home. And then Cole Irvin at Oakland. Those are the guys I'm looking at for Saturday's games that range from 5 to 61% rostered. 5, 25, 45, and 61. There is room there if you want to use them in a 10-team, a 12-team, 15. There's kind of a variety of options there, specifically for Saturday's slate. Now let's go and take a look at Sunday, and the first name that I am looking at here is Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks, he's actually not that bad. You know, he's not somebody who's on a lot of rosters, 32%, but he's still able to kind of limit the base runners, even if it's kind of unimpressive strikeout numbers and ERA in general. Whip's pretty good at 1.15. He's won four games this year, which is not a huge number, but against Kansas City, you got to think, okay, there's a, there's a decent chance you're able to come away with a victory there. Not a great team. It's let me just take a look at the pitch on the other side. It's Jordan Lyles. So I mean, Jordan Lyles has been one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball this season. 631 ERA, 130 whip. He's got a 3 and 13 record. Cubs should be able to come away with a victory. It should be a very easy victory for Kyle Hendricks in all honesty. He's one of my favorite streamers this weekend as well if that's your main purpose of just looking for a victory, maybe some lowering of the ratios. Those can be a little bit volatile with Hendricks. He's not an overpowering pitcher. He can get taken out to lunch a few times. But I think this matchup against Kansas City is too good for me to pass up in a lot of cases. It is a Sunday, and Sunday you kind of have to change the calculus for how you look at your head-to-head leagues. Okay, I need one win. I don't need strikeouts. I need 30 strikeouts. Wins don't matter. It will change how you look at your streamers. You know, a guy like Chase Silseth, if you need strikeouts, is a lot more valuable than Kyle Hendricks, obviously. There are different things like that, different nuances that you need to know specifically in head-to-head leagues. But I think Hendricks, you know, as long as strikeouts aren't your main priority, he should be somebody that you're looking at in a lot of different formats. The matchup is really good. He's been pretty good as of late. Now, he did have a stinker recently against Atlanta, but you cannot hold that against anybody. Outside of that, it's been a really strong month plus for Kyle Hendricks. I'm definitely looking at him as a strong streamer on Sunday against Kansas City, and that's at home uh, for the Cubbies. Patrick Sandoval is the next guy I'm going to talk about here, and again, it's kind of similar to Silseth. No wonder Franco in that lineup. He did get roughed up last time, uh, Patrick Sandoval, but it was against Texas. Two and two-thirds. He still struck out six batters. He didn't. He wasn't as bad as it looked. You know, four earned runs out of five. It was four hits. The six walks is really what sunk him, but he's still able to miss bats. It was a tough matchup against Texas. Not going to hold that against him. If you remove that one and you look at what he's done otherwise, it's going back to July 5th. It's been a really good, solid month of production for Patrick Sandoval. Even with that bad start over the last month, it's a 372 ERA. You're looking at that Tampa team. 
that does not look that impressive anymore. He's not one of my favorite streamers, Patrick Sandoval, but I think Sun Sunday, if you're looking for a volume guy, you're just kind of not necessarily desperation, but he's somebody where I'm not as confident as the other names. It's more so when you get to Sunday and you see, okay, I need to stream somebody. I need to take somebody. I need seven strikeouts, potential for a win, and a bit of you know lowering of my ratios or whatever. Patrick Sandoval is going to be your guy there. He's not too highly rostered, 43%. It's actually gone down 2% over the last week because of that bad Texas start. The control is obviously concerning, but again, it comes down to matchup. A lot of streaming is just matchups to go along with recent performance. But other than that recent start against Texas, he's been very, very good. Uh, with a good matchup here. I really like Patrick Sandoval against Tampa. Not one of my favorite guys, maybe one of my least favorite guys in this whole list, but I still think very viable streaming candidate for Sunday. Ranger Suarez is the next guy we are going to talk about here. 30% rostered right now. He gets a matchup at Washington. Ranger Suarez has been very good uh, over the last good little while, the last month plus. Now the whip is a little bit high. He's allowing too many base runners, but he is striking out a decent little number of batters for Ranger Suarez. Last season, it was 129 Ks in 155 innings. This year, he's almost got that up to a strikeout per inning, 89 strikeouts in 97 innings, a 388 ERA and a 143 whip. This one comes down to potential for wins and potential for a little bit of a lowering of your ERA against a poor team against Washington. He'll also give you some strikeouts. You know, if he gives you six innings, look for six, seven strikeouts for Ranger Suarez. That's what he's been giving you recently. Matchup is very good. Again, that's what a lot of this comes down to. Washington is not a good team. Suarez has been on a good little roll recently. I really like him as a streamer for this weekend as well. Uh, the last guy, and he was actually pointed out to me by one of my followers when I posted this out over on Twitter, that I had forgotten this guy, but it's Logan Allen. Uh, and forgive me there. He's 35% rostered. Definitely somebody I'd be taking a look at. He's coming off of a really good few starts, a 360 ERA over the last month, a 159 ERA over his last three starts including the last one, six innings of shutout ball and a victory at Great American Ballpark. Not too shabby for a rookie pitcher. Really not too bad at all for the course of the whole season. A 333 ERA, a 136 whip, six victories in his 97 innings and 95 strikeouts. So about a strikeout per inning, better than league average ERA, whip is a little bit high, but also good potential for a victory here against Detroit. What a lot of this comes down to, guys. It's a good matchup. It's a good ballpark. It's not the same ballpark. Oh, excuse me. This is in Cleveland. Never mind. Mixing up my stuff today. You can tell it's Friday. How do you know it's Friday when Joe starts getting confused here? It is in Cleveland. But regardless, this is a good matchup against a fairly poor team. I know that you know Kerry Carpenter's been hot recently. But overall, Texas is a bad, or excuse me, Detroit is a bad team. I don't know what is wrong with me. We're winding down here, guys. Don't worry. Don't have to put up with me for that much longer. Uh, but Logan Allen has been a stud for most of the season. He's looked very good recently, specifically in his last couple of starts, really the last three starts. And I think that he is another solid option here uh, from 10, 12, and 15 team leagues if you can find him. So let's recap Sunday. That's Kyle Hendricks versus Kansas City. Patrick Sandoval versus Tampa Bay. Ranger Suarez versus Washington, and then Logan Allen versus Detroit. Those are all home matchups, so if you're looking for more of a home versus an away thing, not that that really matters, but that's what we're looking at for Sunday. We got 12 potential streamers. There is a lot of value on the waiver wire. You know, hear people talk, but all oh, these guys are already rostered in a lot of leagues. Well, no, they're not. They're less than 50% rostered, most of them. I don't want to hear it from the NFBC crowd that all oh, these guys, you know, they're already, well, J.P. France. J.P. France at 68%. Might be kind of hard to come by. But in your 10-team leagues, it's not the craziest thing in the world to see somebody like that. Eight-team leagues, even different. So that's why I put it out there. There are the options that are lower, you know, 25% to 5%, 10% to 
30%. Guys that you can find in those deeper leagues, but I do want to give kind of an array of options for all of you guys, because I know that not everybody does the same thing. Some guys are points leagues. Some guys do 15-teamers. Some guys do everything. Uh, so I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of content for all of that. But that'll wrap it up for us today. Appreciate all you guys hanging out. Once again, subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. Really appreciate any reviews you can also give us as the season winds down. People start to go away from baseball. You guys can help me keep some of the viewers alive and around for the offseason because we go every single day throughout the offseason. Not going to say that there won't, won't be like the odd day where I might take a day off. Uh, but we're going to be a pretty much daily podcast or the offseason once again. If you're listening last year, did not miss a single day in between the 2022 and 2023 seasons. And that's what you're going to expect again this coming year. So go ahead, check me out and give me some support over on Twitter at EthosFantasyBB. At JoeOrico99 is the personal account where you get my thoughts and news and all that. And then you can go to SportsEthos.com for all of the updates across all of our major sports gambling dfs team coverage we got it all but until monday guys hope you have a great weekend relax enjoy and we'll see you later cheers You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.